again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you? I am coming to you under tornado watch this evening, so if I suddenly disappear, that's probably why. Well, let's hope it doesn't go to that. That would be quite awful. We'd miss you, Eric. <laughs> Thanks. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you? All right, I'm just wondering... If a tornado comes and takes Eric away, will he be ter- will he be frightened and terrified and sad that his life is over, or will he like be vicariously just thrilled? Will this be his you know lifetime dream come true? Dude, if I'm gonna go, uh, that's in the top ten ways of how I want to. Eric, you need to buy a little dog and call it Toto. <laughs> but, that was awesome, Phil. But, but I imagine, I imagine Eric, you'd, you'd want to. You'd want it to happen, like, after, you know, you stop being continent, right? You know, it's just, uh... uh well, you know, anytime. I'm ready. Know, maybe. I'm ready. Bring it, Mother Nature. Don't you at least want to see the end of the great season for Game of Thrones? Eh, whatever. I, if, if I can find out what it's like yeah. to ride the tornado, I that okay, I'm there. I agree. All right. <laughs> but but uh, what good is if you don't get to come back and go to people, guys, it was awesome! Then, you right. don't, I you, will you know. need that. I will know. All right. So, uh, first off, uh, We Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher under that feed. But also, we have a sister podcast called Dark Discussions Podcast, which this podcast is also under that feed as well. So you can find us at both spots. Our website is www.darkdiscussions.com. We go under our sister podcast's website. And we go under our sister podcast Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast and Dark Discussions at AOL.com for email. And Eric, you also do a third podcast. What is that with your buddy Dan? I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. Very good. And oh, so it's now on Stitcher. It's been on Stitcher for a while. I just never say that. And then I should. So now I am. Very good. And, Mike, you do a genre, Mark. Yes, it's called Unnatural Selections. You can find it on the Internet at www.unnaturalselections.com. And Dark Discussions Podcast is also a, a genre podcast, so discussions of various genre films, which would include horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, techno-thriller, mystery, exploitation, and grindhouse films and topics. So, for example, some of our more recent episodes – were reviews and discussions on films like It Follows, Ex Machina, Edge of Tomorrow, Gone Girl, and various other genre films. But here, we talk about Game of Thrones, and this is our fifth episode, and it is basically a recap of the most recent episode of Season 5 of Game of Thrones, which, uh, Eric, what was the, the most recent episode, Carl? Uh... Kill the boy, I think. Yes, that's right. Kill the yes. boy. And uh, this is actually, like I, just, I said, the fifth episode of the season. Um, it is the half point of the season. Uh, so that was uh, interesting to, to note based off of what we've seen. We can discuss what we think uh, based off of the, the five episodes, not just discuss this specific episode. Um, it's also the first episode... Uh, this season directed by Jeremy Padeswa, 
And he is probably most famous for uh, doing um, shows like Six Feet Under, uh, Nip Tuck, uh, Queer As Folk, and various other uh, TV shows. And uh, the writer is Brian Cogman, who is probably most known for uh, various episodes of Game of Thrones, for that matter. He did uh, Oathkeeper and Kissed by Fire, um, Crippled. Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, and numerous other episodes for the season. Um, and so this will be uh, Jerry Pardeswa's first episode, and then he will do episode six, because unlike prior seasons, they're having directors do two back-to-back episodes. What was your general thoughts of this episode, Eric? I mean, I liked it. Uh, the, there, there were moments. Uh, it's, it's really interesting for me, having read the books at this point, uh, how... It, some things are going with the book and some things are going against the book. Uh, and I never quite know what's coming next. And that's actually a nice feeling after, uh, no surprises for the first few seasons. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, but, uh, the stories that are sticking with the book seem to be progressing towards where I know they're progressing. Uh, so I know what's coming and I can't wait to see it. Very good. Yeah. For me, um, well, Eric, you read all the books uh, some time mm-hmm. ago, but you have read all the books. I've read a, one and a half of the books, so the first book and part of the second, uh, and that's all. So I do not know um, what is based in, on fact or what is, quote-unquote, as some people are calling this new season, fan fiction, I guess. But uh, I would uh, say I do know certain things that a lot of characters have been emerged or removed and whatnot. And but, you know, I think I think calling it fan fiction is a bit dismissive. Um, George R. R. Martin is involved as the executive producer of the series, so nothing really gets by without his say. So, uh, yeah, so they're they're not. It's not like they're doing this without his uh, input or say. So, oh, that's fair. And uh, I, for me, this episode uh, it was a good episode. Um, I, I have to say, it wasn't one of my favorites um, because. When you do not focus on the Lannisters or King's Landing, which was completely gone from this episode, uh, I usually think this episodes are much weaker uh, because that's some of the the best play. Obviously, we did have Tyrion, but we didn't have anything to do with Cersei or Jaime or any of those people. Or uh, Arya, for that reason. Uh, that's a fair point, though. A lot of people like that storyline and even this part of Arya's storyline. Uh, There's so, just too much to fit in every episode. Yeah, exactly. But it was surprising to to see nothing of King's Landing. Uh, no, I see. Yeah, you got a point. Uh, no, Mike, uh, what's your opinion? And uh, I assume you have some comments about the fan fiction versus fact and all, all this, I, oh, uh, or, or even executive producer Martin versus just getting a paycheck, Martin. Well. Uh, you know, the the there's been a segment of the Song of Ice and Fire fans, the fans of the literature, who have been douchebags from the beginning. <laughs> I don't know what percentage, and I don't claim to know the percentage. I'm not even going to estimate whether it's 1% or 99. And if you are not one of these people, please, I am not, I am not speaking of you. But people who have... Because uh, I think there's been a lot of them have been very good in talkbacks and saying, you know, not mentioning, say, what 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 the red wedding was, you know, or they may have hinted at things like, oh, just wait till you see the red wedding, but they never came out and said, 
Yeah, you like uh, you like uh, Rob Stark. Well, he's gonna fucking die and get his head replaced <laughs> with a wolf's head, you know. <laughs> but there have been people who've been a little dickish about it, and there's and there's people who are always like, "Oh, you like it, Game of Thrones? Well, I liked it first when it was a." book can you read my little illiterati you know there's sort of this <laughs> you know it's that like, was an awesome samaritan impression that's that's awesome <laughs> but, but, but look and now it's hey 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 i want to read the books you're spoiling things for the books don't do that you know and it's because the, the popularity of the show just based on the number of of people who you know read Versus the people who watch TV, the popularity of the show is well outstripped what the books have. Um, I'm not going to say that they're as diehard or hardcore or, or what have you, but the number of people watching the show well outstrips the number of people reading books. The, the George R. R. Martin is just languishing in terms of writing and not getting anything out there, and they're watching the storyline zoom ahead. And I think they're afraid that they're going to have their whole series ruined. And well. I, I, I get that, but at the same time, they can yell at George because he's the one that hasn't gotten the goddamn books finished yet. Oh yeah, but you don't get you don't get angry at the one you love. You get angry at, <laughs> at you get angry at his at his at, at the one he's cheating with, right? You know, it's yeah, right. Um, and I think as long as the showrunners are sticking to the broad stroke plan, mm-hmm. I think it's unfair to call it fan fiction now and i'm assuming george martin was completely fair about how he is planning on developing the season when he told it to the the showrunners right if he's telling the showrunners no stannis is going to win it all and they're all going that direction at the end he's like i lied to you so that you couldn't take it away from me (laughs) book readers here's the real ending you know that would be a douche move but as long as they basically end in the same point Look, there's a lot of supplementary characters that have not appeared on the show and that probably never will appear on the show. There's a lot of subplots that will never appear on the show. Right. And they, like it, and, and they can't. Some people would say, for example, and uh, I just know from talking to people here and there, and I don't think it's really a spoiler, but the Griffs, I mean, they are supposed to be huge characters in the books, and it appears they're removed completely. Or someone named Lady Stoneheart is another example. So those are the two big ones, the Griffs and Lady Stoneheart that have disappeared. Um, and I guess they've gotten around it and such. But what's your opinion of the book readers complaining about losing those type of characters? Uh, yeah, but that, this, this isn't anything new, right? This is going back to any, any book adaptation I've ever read about. There's always people complaining when they don't have this. Remember Jurassic Park? Oh, yeah, it was good, but where was the aviary scene? I really wanted the aviary scene. You had to wait well, three well, movies to get the aviary scene. And, and actually, that game hunter that gets killed off right at the beginning, basically in the first 20 minutes, he was like the lead character in the book, and they wiped them out, so it was kind of bizarre. But anyway, go on. Yeah, but it's but there's always changes, and you have to expect that. And you have you have to divorce yourself from the material. Right, as long as they are not fundamental changes. Look, if you're a fan of Starship Troopers, the book, and you watch Starship Troopers, the movie, there are fundamental changes in the the theme and the message and the point of the the book that were made for the film. Never mind Lost World, Jurassic Park Part Two. Right? That's completely well, but different that was than the a, completely. No, different. But, the, but that but that wasn't a terribly good or well received book either. You know, it's you have you have to accept that things will change, 
And it's not like this is we're in like the first 20 years of, of visual media. This has been going on for close to a century now, right? I mean, changes are going to be made. You have to deal with it. And, I, and now I don't well, know if there are changes for the good or worse. If they want to say, I don't like this change because of X, Y, and Z, this undermines this motive. But if it, that's one thing. If, if it, or it softens the nomadic endpoint of that, or, or but if they want to say, I don't like it because it's different, because or because they left out a character, because there's not enough characters on Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> now I know people who can't watch the show because they can't keep track of anybody. Right? They don't well, know who I'm, the characters are. And I was waiting to chime in, but uh, you gave me the perfect opening here, which is that. I personally believe, having read all the books, that everything they have changed for the show has made the show more entertaining, whereas keeping it true to the book, absolutely, would slow everything down a lot and also make it more confusing. Uh, because one of the things they're doing with these characters you're talking about leaving out, what they do is they find if there's any key piece of the storyline that that character is involved with, they attribute that to another character that's already been introduced in the show so that everybody watching the show doesn't have to learn a new character, but the events still take place. Right. Uh, so the example, done, I think that the good example is uh, apparently the Sansa Stark storyline was supposed to be used for a friend of Sansa's that was being passed off as Arya. Yeah, it's an Arya imposter. And, which, and honestly, we don't care who she is. Right. Phil's got Sansa. Phil wants more Sansa. Right, right, and so and Sansa, you're paying the actress, may as well use her, and she's a good actress. I would understand if she sucked in her role, right? And I said, yeah, let's just write her out, and we'll make up fake Arya to be but, betrothed to. Well, what, what about more important um, things, such as people are worried about um, uh, red herrings in the books versus because they're removed from the st- the TV show. Or are they even red herrings? And, and they're not, but they are just changing the... Well, I have a feeling if if Bob Griff, or whatever his name is, is in the books and he's on the TV show, he's probably not going to be the guy sitting on the Game of Thrones at the end. That's my guess. You know, Or he's not going to end up being the lost Targaryen child or some other thing. Uh, sorry. Complain to George about not writing faster. Right. <laughs> And, and I personally think all the changes they have made have sure served the series very well. Right, uh, and in the end, it's let's see how it all plays out. And you know what? If you don't like it, you, you don't like it. You don't have to watch. Go back to the books. I'm sure that the last one will come out sometime after you've retired. And you can read it at your your leisure as long as you you know can stand a 10,000-page tome. Fair enough. They're two different medians. Um, obviously... They, meaning the showrunners, have decided to uh, do certain things differently than the books. Uh, obviously, as some people say, you know, they love the books and they can't stand when things are changed. But, you know, that's it's just what it is what it is. It's unfortunate. But I guess we have to look at each as individual uh, artistic mediums of yeah. the same mm-hmm kind of story but altered so all right very well Mike, what was your opinion okay. of this episode yeah i uh i actually might have may have liked this the most out of all the episodes this season so far i agree that it, it hurt it kind of hurts not having the lannisters 
but I didn't really notice it until the episode was over and I thought back. Um, or same thing with Arya. This is now the second non-Arya episode um, in a row. But I have a feeling she's just going around doing wax on, wax off, sand the floor. You know, <laughs> we, we, we don't... We don't need to see that, you know. We we get it. She's going into training. Uh, we'll, we'll let's let's pick her up a little bit after she's had the remedial classes. Yes, and you're at, you're you're absolutely right, Mike. And a lot of that happens in the books, and they don't need to show it all. Right, and I think just stepping away from King's Landing, I said last week repeatedly that I thought they rushed that storyline a little bit much. So I don't mind that they're stepping back and 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 allowing some events to play out there. I imagine in the background. Well, we're not watching it, you know, so it'll be a little easier when we come back to it next week to seeing things maybe move forward a bit. And we are supposedly going there next week again. Um, yeah, this was largely confined. Uh, well, no, that's not true because they did have some stuff in Marine, but a lot, mostly it was what was going on in the north, right? With the mm-hmm. with what's going on at the wall, what's going up on at uh, Winterfell, what's going on with Brienne. And then some stuff over in um, Marine. Yep. But yeah, it was, but yeah, it's. It, I don't think it hurts. I think it's. I would much rather them say, uh, let the stories they have grow and breathe, and say we don't have anything significant for, um, for Cersei okay. this week. But don't force her into into an episode. You know, and we we've complained about. Uh, an episode or two early in the season where it seemed really clear they were forcing to get Tyrion into an episode. Yeah, I, I would rather have them not force it and leave it out entirely. Yeah, it, and to be honest, uh, they probably should have left out Tyrion in prior episodes uh, that he wasn't necessary, just as in this episode they left out various things, including Dawn and King's Landing. I guess uh, we we can... We can discuss in various scenes our opinions of what's going on. All right, I, I guess we should just start right with the uh, the beginning. Uh, basically, uh, Sir Barrister Selman Barrister, whatever his name is, is, he's dead. Yes, yes, he is. And Rest in Gra- peace. And Grey Worm is alive. Uh, mostly, yes. yeah, yeah, and having George Lucas dialogue. <laughs> Fair enough. I was more worried. Not about dying, but never seeing you again. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of cheesy. Barf, barf. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what? It'll work. So Danny's pissed that Lord's bar- barrister's dead, yeah. and she becomes like all dictators and does bad things, even though it was cool. <laughs> well, to be fair, she's not a dictator; she's a queen. Which is uh, any autocratic power or monarchy or plutocrat or whatever, they're all the same, I guess. Well, that's your um, opinion. Um, unless they become Stannis. <laughs> well, no, no, to be, to be honest, uh, unless the, the people get to choose the leader, then they're dictators. At least in my opinion, as you said. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But uh, basically, she she's like, okay, bring me the leader of all the houses now. Uh, and so they do, and she takes them to visit with her dragons, uh, and she goes, you know, they might eat you, they might not eat you, 
They'll probably eat you if I tell them to eat you. They'll, they might eat you even if I don't tell them to eat you. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off you. <laughs> so she shoves one of them forwards and, uh, the dragons have themselves a little, uh, uh, a roasted slaver snack. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of gruesome and awesome. Uh, and then she's like, you know what? I think that's enough for today. I don't want to overfeed them, but, uh, Let's think about this some more, and we'll we'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs> so, I thought that was a fairly fairly effective way of instilling fear into the others, uh, having to watch one of them get roasted and eaten by the dragons right in front of them. Now, uh, let's talk about this for a second. Um, uh, playing the devil's advocate versus the the one that's a fan of Danny. Um, now, you said that she's a, a queen, but. I, I say she's a dictator, and I, I don't mean just her. I mean every monarch on the show is. But to use fear to to instill, and actually you could argue murder, to instill people to do what you want to do is no different than any dictator in the real world, I think. And It's almost also, like uh, setting somebody on fire. So I'm setting someone on fire. Yeah, yeah who else did that? Oh I'm, yeah, oh yeah, Stannis did that too, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm agreeing with you. They're, they are, <laughs> and, but the, the difference here. Uh, uh, well, not, never mind. Let me rephrase that. My point here is is that she uses fear to force people to do what she wants, and then yeah, this is my other point, which is she is a foreign invader who's subjugating people that are not her people. So. You say subjugator. Slaves yes. say liberator. Some, yes, some of them do, yes. So, uh, even though she killed one of them, too, and they, they hate her guts. So, I, I. One that was a murderer. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but they don't. They are the ones that should decide, not this foreign leader who, who invaded their country and is telling them what to do to t- tell them, oh, this is a murderer, therefore we kill him. They should say, no, <laughs> this is. Our people, we make our own rules. Get out. These were the same people that were sitting in the streets calling Misa, Misa. You know, they were loving her. Dude, the French, they were the more French, than happy to welcome her when, when, when she was taking their chains off. Dude, dude the French were, were, were very happy when, when the Allies um, threw out the Germans. But after that, they said, all right, you can leave now. Yeah, and you know what? The Native Americans told us to leave too, but now we have wonderful lives because that didn't happen. Well, I'm, I'm trying to uh, talk. I'm talking about this. this all right. Well, all right. So what's but your it's, 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 a, it's, it's a, a different. She's there. Well, she's there. And the truth is, how did any people in power end up in that position in power? And yeah, after a while, when you've had, you know, oh, say certain institutions like, uh, like Great Britain around for a few centuries, and fairly safe and in the sitting in their thrones, they start getting into the ability to start doling out power to the people and letting people have a say. Uh, but I, I mean, taking a look at the great wash, unwashed masses of, uh, Westeros and Easteros or whatever they call it. Easteros. Um, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like they, they, they're having, you know, uh, the Federalist Papers getting passed around and, and debating 
uh, habeas corpus rules. They're, they're bloodthirsty mobs. That's, that's, that was basically what happened with the, the slave two episodes ago. They wanted, you know, they wanted blood. They, he was one of theirs. They wanted the, the slaver killed. They didn't care how it happened. And they wanted the guy that did it to be freed without a fair trial. Um, but, but Mike, what about the, the people that say, all right, if we want to screw up our country, we should be able to do that because it's our country, not your country. Let them get dragons. <laughs> so that's, right. that's the new version of let them eat cake. Let no, them I, get dragons. <laughs> well, but, but I don't hear, I mean, look, we're not, we're not hearing this is Game of Thrones, not, not game of the, the, of the uh, rickety armchair. We are dealing with the highborn and the nobility in Westeros, by and large. We aren't privy to what conversations are going on in the taverns, right? Right, and I don't What's think up? this is Every intended once in a while to be chicken. Yeah, we are. We aren't intended to be hearing that. Um, but this, this is what great. But this is rewinding history. If you're put, placing this in. in uh, in, in Earth history and European history, this is this is Dark Ages, right? I mean, this isn't exactly the Enlightenment that we're at yet, or the re- or even the Renaissance. So this these all these debates about that we can have after we've had centuries of guys like John Locke uh, and Edmund Burke and uh, George. Uh, or George, yeah, yeah, arguing about philosophy and morality and the rights of the people and all this other Francis Bacon, all this other stuff, because everybody loves Bacon. Thomas, um, you know, it's it hasn't happened. You know, it hasn't happened in that world yet. And sure, I would love it if the people of Marine, you know, that were, that were slaves twenty minutes ago, you know, were somehow able to form a representative democracy, but they're not. You know, and even when the United States was formed, they never wanted a rep- they, they never wanted it to be the you know all the common people ruling. They just figured we'll let the people who are educated and in positions of power rule for them. You know, because it's a representative democracy, not a direct democracy. I don't think if you looked at the slave body in Marine, there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of good representatives to use. Even the person that Danny deals with is a former slave owner. Because he's educated. Right? He can make the arguments. He can talk to her. He can advise her. Right. She's not, she's, she doesn't have a freed slave. You know, you know, not even the house slave, right? As her advisor, which is a little weird given how she's, you know, so anti-slavery. Masandi. Whatever his name is. No, Masandi. Whatever his name is. No, it's a girl. The chick. Chick. Right, okay. All right, that's fair. I wasn't even thinking for so much of it as as an advisor, as uh, I don't know. That's because you're sexist. Yeah, that's my way of changing the topic. Well, but she but she doesn't normally give it. This is like the first episode where she's she she was gave advice and she had to have it pulled out of her. Right. Right. I'm not qualified to say anything. So so she hasn't been acting in the role of an advisor. She's been acting in the role as. Not not in that way, as um, maybe a bit of a confidant and, and giving advice in terms of local flavoring and local customs okay. and stuff, but not a – she hasn't been like Barris and Selmy or, right. yeah, or, or Jora Mormont. Now, um, now I, I would disagree necessarily that slaves 20 minutes ago can't create their own government, and even if they, they couldn't, they should be able to 
do as they do in their own country. But that we could continue uh, that would be forever. being saved. But but I want to <laughs> ask you, Eric, um, why is Danny even in Marine in the first place? I, I still have no idea why she hasn't just headed over the sea yet. I'm still completely confused on this. Well, see, she was she was uh, on her way with her uh, army of unsullied, figuring out how to conquer. Uh, and then somebody put it out that, uh, you're, you're just like r- raising the ground behind you and moving on. You, you need to, you need to figure out how to be a leader. Um, and there's a whole other thing that really they haven't gotten much into, uh, in the series, uh, which is that one of the, one of the places that she frees, um, not only, uh, does a revolution happen in the city, uh, but after everybody's free, that a horrible plague strikes, um, and basically all the people that she freed uh, die of horrible disease and uh, starvation. Uh, because without the society that was in place, which is the one she didn't like with slavery, without any society at all, there's no infrastructure in place, and everything falls apart. Uh, so, so the book the books lay it out a little bit more solidly as to why she's sticking around where she is. Um, but the, but the short answer is to, to learn how to actually lead some before she goes and tries to take over King's Landing. See, and this doesn't, still doesn't make sense to me because here the, she is with various advisors around her who you could argue are legitimate general people like, like Selman Barrister, uh, John mm-hmm. Mormon at one point, uh, this Dario Nararis guy, even Grey Worm for that matter. And all you need is someone that has charisma that's not stupid and then have a good number of advisors around you. And no, she, she also needs more people to follow her in order to win this war. All right. And so she, so there, so the, at least the show, I don't know what the book says, but the show doesn't say, make it sound as if, if a Targaryen person with a Targaryen name comes over the sea, she would suddenly have folks remember the Targaryens and say, we want to follow you. Right. Well, I think they're a little, they've been a little unclear on that because, now first of all, it's been a while. It's been almost, it's been at least 15 years, mm-hmm. 20 years since Robert's Rebellion. So yeah, it, it's not sure how much they care anymore about what happened back when. Yeah, and, and and how many people there are still there that are loyal to the Targaryens, although there could be some, and we're hearing a little bit more of that, you know, like we heard about... Um, the Starks? Not the Starks, uh, about Sam's father oh, yeah, in this episode, yeah. that's, that he stood up and... So, so uh, Sam's Tarly. father's... the tar, Yeah, the Tarleys, they, they were in favor of the Targaryens. Would they be now? Well, they may not have been if... There was a clear line of succession up to this point, but hey, you know what? With with Stannis and with this boy king and this priest running around chopping heads off in King's Landing and you know, King of the North, uh, you know what? Maybe a Targaryen, maybe going back to Targaryen into the fold wouldn't be such a horrible thing. Or, um, or, or the the way it is now, everybody has two chickens in a pot. And a bottle of wine, so we're happy. And who the fuck cares about the Targaryen? Well, if they are, but my sense is that things aren't all that great, you know. But under under the current king, I, I guess but it that, depends on on which which area of of Westeros, right? Because it seems like right. it's mostly independent fiefdoms rather than anything else. No matter how powerful the king is, the king seems more of 
just a a kind of controller even before Rob Bert Baratheon died. You know, right? Saying? Well, like 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 Dorne seems to be off because Dorne supported the Targaryens. Dorne was off doing its own thing because they hate the Lannisters. And the brand, they side the wrong side. So I get the sense, like, they, they really don't give a shit what's going on in King Landing, that they're one of the seven kingdoms, but only in name only. Right. But, um, the one thing I will say, they had the letter from, uh, that Sam was reading, uh, at the beginning of the episode, where basically that she's not moving on until the, the slaves are able to take care of themselves. Right. And I think part of that is that she does, they do mention in an earlier episode how, you know, the masters rose up again and, and, you know, all the good she had done in her previous city was completely undone. Mm-hmm. So part of it is that she has to learn, but part of it is kind of, Phil, what you're saying is that she wants the people to sort of be able to be able to rule themselves once she leaves or at least not have it go to shit once she leaves because she isn't planning on staying there forever. Uh, but sh- they're not in the position right now. To do that, they don't have that infrastructure. They don't have. Uh, and if she walks away right position. now, all that's going to happen is the slaves are going to become slaves again. But, but, but it's going to go exactly where it was before. Flaws, there's two flaws with everything about her and her leadership, and one is is it's not Westeros. So these folks over there do things completely different than Westeros. And two, so some places slavery is okay. No, it has nothing to do with that. My point is... It has is everything that, to do with that. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. She, she, the, Her leadership doesn't work in Essos, but it could work in Westeros, just uh, for two reasons. One, because they're different people than the folks in Westeros. And two, she's a foreigner in, in the land of Essos. And it's, it's similar to, like, us, meaning the Western nations... Or China, or anybody for that matter, trying to force the, the Islamic nations to live a certain way. You can't do that. No matter what, you're not going to be able to ever oppo- impose your will or your way well, on those folks. But, but this is a catch twenty two that we're in, and it's and it's one that we just nobody has the conversation about. Is that on the one hand we are very very, uh, especially in this country, we're so uh, so obsessed on uh, on thing on on cultural and ethnic diversity. And we all believe cultural and ethnic diversity is a wonderful thing. And yet, not always, because then you get into some of the things, you know, let's say female genital mutilation. You know, it's, well, is that a cultural thing? Can you write that off as being, well, that's just a different culture? Or is that, well, no, that goes beyond what cultures want. Honor killings, you know, uh, infanticide, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, woman rights in in Iran or Saudi Arabia for that. Matter. Right, or even just like when I explain to my students is, you know, that a woman can be stoned to death in some countries because she got raped because she gave her virginity to another man who wasn't her husband. And I'm I'm not know, disagreeing like, with any of this. And Eric made a good point. Slavery is a terrible thing, but again, you can't impose your way. On generations, things that are going to take generations to change. Well, unless you're willing to sit there for generations, and that's that's the catch. And you know, well, England, England certainly imposed, England imposed its way on 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 India for generations, and uh, you know, I don't know how badly that fell apart when they left. I mean, there were certainly you had a split between Pakistan and India after they left. You know, it's the question is how much. 
do you gain and how much do you lose and how much do you sit there and force what what we believe are basic humanitarian values and what should be uh, universal values on cultures that simply don't share them. You know, that a lot of Islamic countries don't believe in democracy because, you know, they believe that Allah's will is law and therefore giving people those you know the, the the ability to write the law that doesn't make any sense to them that's putting their their will over Allah's you know so and it's again not every it's a broad generalization so please don't don't hammer me on this but it's this this is sort of this it's a complex issue it's a complex world and Danny is a 19 year old girl trying to make this up as she goes along right and is finding out the world is complicated yes you know which is what every actually what this episode is all about is her figuring out that the world is complicated because eventually uh, where she ends up in this episode is, okay, you know what? You're right. I don't understand the way things are here. I'm going to show you that I do respect your traditions and we're going to reopen the fighting pits, but only for free men, not for slaves. Which is what they were asking in the first place. Um, and, And I want to point out that this is parallel by what John's going through up on the wall. Right. Yeah, because yeah. there's another case where they're trying to negotiate the cultures that are already existing with a new way, but he's going to have trouble forcing the new way upon the pre-existing structure. And and we can discuss why it's it's a major issue. Um, um, so do you want to switch over there right now to the wall? Well, well, I would just say again, awesome dragon stuff. Yeah. Yep. And it really would be helpful if I knew what the guy's name was and that she's supposed to be marrying. Um, yeah, right. I, I I don't actually know if they've ever officially mentioned it on the show. Yeah, they, oh, they, they had to at some point, yeah. but yeah, I don't they've know mentioned it his name as many times. Yeah. Oh, have they? Okay, I, I, it's I've, it's ever stuck with me. I know his face at least, unless they've recast yeah, him. Right, right, we got that. We got that. So, but it doesn't matter whether you know his name or not. We know everybody knows who we're talking about. Um, right. So. Well, it's just when you go, well, it's that guy, that guy so, wearing the green robes. So she's she's marrying this guy. She basically says, you're marrying me so we can make peace between, right. um, in other words, to solidify her power in this land, I guess. And and so, yeah, that's, that's curious. That's interesting. Does anybody here actually think the wedding's going to happen? Or if it does, uh, would it last longer than one episode? I'm curious what you guys think. I, I don't. I, I am going to recluse myself from answering that question. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because you read the books. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I have no idea. Well, there, there, we've had an interesting history of weddings uh, yeah. in this series. Um, I'm, I'm not going to venture any guess, uh, guess guesses as to where it's going to end up. Um, I will say one thing: is I, I'm curious as to how much Danny knew. When she was feeding guys to the dragons. My guess is she didn't know much. It was just pissed that Selmy was dead. Right. You know, but she only fed one of them to, to the dragons. I'm sure the dragons, they've been down there for a while. They probably could have eaten more. <laughs> Plus, you know, humans are like potato chips. It's kids, not yeah. just one. So maybe she just, maybe she just made sure they prodded out the guy that they knew was probably in. And I'm wondering if there's any more to come out with that. Um, or was it or, 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 well, it's like, you know what? We know this shithead is, is in with them. We don't know how many of the others. I know this guy that I'm going to marry 
he's good. So we'll put him in there to just to get the, the just to put the fear of of uh, of dragons into them, and but we'll just make sure it's only the bad one they get that we know is bad. Get to see if we can scare the rest of them straight. Right. You know, I'm but my my suspicion is that because she, she's. Yeah, my suspicion is that she's just was just a, a girl who was hurt and and angry, and took her anger out on the. She did exactly again what she did when she came to Marine in the first place, which is just grab 163 of the uh, yeah kill them. of slave owners and kill them without actually finding out well were they a quote unquote good slave owner or were they a quote unquote bad slave owner right you know without without sorting through she didn't say give me the worst 163 she just said grab me any 163. You know, so it's that arbitrariness, and that's like, again always the danger of any kind of some form of of uh, autocratic power. Well, that's exactly right. Auto- autocratic power and power can corrupt, and if if people are reactionary or whatnot, I mean, the point is 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 she is what she is. She has power, right? But if we're just talking about people in general as a leader. She could be considered a good leader. There's a lot of people that have killed a lot of people that people she's, admire. She's, she's know, got but, charisma. She needs more experience. Right. That's right. And put it this way. She's lucky that this isn't heaven and hell land, and she would go with all the rest of them, everybody on the show, to the, <laughs> the bad place. Well, and she's, also like, she's also lucky that dragons can't set her on fire, or else uh, her story would be way different. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, if we have to come back to this uh, or something we missed, we'll, we'll do that near the end. But, uh, yeah, let's get back to the wall, Mike. You made a good point. So uh, uh, basically uh, what's going on in the wall is um, Sam and and the Meister are talking. Like you said, they're learning about what's going on in Marine about, and with Danny. And then what's-his-face walks in, John, to talk to the Meister alone, and he asks something, uh, which is basically, I want to do something, but it's going to make half the people hate me in the Black Watch. And the Meister has a good point. He goes, half the people already hate you anyway. Not necessarily because he's John Snow, but just for the fact there's always going to be a polarization uh, anyway. So right. he basically says, uh, I would just do do it <laughs> if you think. And John says, I, I didn't tell you what it is. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> And then he says the reason why is because you, you're you got to be a man. So this is where the, the term "kill the boy." We were way off. I, I thought it was going to be something to do with Tommen, uh, but what yeah, that was, that was a hell that was a hell of a head fake. Yeah, it was. So what it was <laughs> is basically me. He says the Meister says, uh, "Kill the boy and become a man." Basically, become a leader. And so Jon Snow decides to do what he wants to do, and that is he goes to. Um, Giant Spain or whatever the guy's name is, the the, la- the the default leader of the dude with the big red bushy beard. Yeah, the Norwegian actor that, that plays basically the default leader of the Wildlings, and says, uh, "I want you guys to make peace with the with the North and us here. And what I'm going to do is get you on the other side of the wall, away from the the evil others. White watchers. Yeah, and basically." Um, the reason for this is is that the oath of the Night's Watch is to guard all men, and you folks are all men as well. It's just that you, for some reason, are on the wrong side of the wall. So um, the giant Spain, whatever his name is, says no at first, but uh, finally agrees because it, it's more in principle rather than to bend the knee to 
any king or any other ruler. So, right. Uh, Their whole deal is they don't want to be subjugated. And he's not saying I don't. He's saying I don't want to subjugate you. I I I want us to be on the same side. It, it's just got to be over here so that we can lock it off. Right. <laughs> so um, John brings it up to the council, um, and everybody, including his friends, don't like it. And uh, so this is this is the argument: bringing them over or not, or make, in other words, making peace or not with the wildlings and there's good arguments on both sides the the good arguments on not to make peace is they just mass murdered numerous night's watch people they mass murdered families just a month earlier including ollie's whole village um there's no land to give them except this land that is only available because they killed all the people that were there in the first place never mind why would you give the land to the wildlings when that land is not their property and it's someone else's somewhere who had to flee because they didn't want to get killed? So shouldn't they get the property back and on and on? So there's a lot of issues with bringing them in. Um, but the good, the other point, John Snow's point, is is that any wildling that dies by the White Walkers will become a, a white, meaning an enemy of us. And more men is better than, you know, less men. And then, of course, fewer. Uh, women, yeah. <laughs> and then women and children. Get to that, yeah. And then women and children should be brought over because obviously, you know, they're innocent victims because of circumstance. Well, you know, this is interesting. Uh, once again, it's, it's, uh, put forth a little more. Uh, they have more time to explain it in the book. Uh, and basically what it comes down to, their, their argument about the land is a little uh, null and void if, if you go off the book. Because uh, in the book, the Night's Watch is pretty much bequeathed this large section of land above a certain whatever latitude. And it's it's just theirs to do whatever with as long as it's in service of defending the realm. And so they're more within their rights uh, to have the Wild Teens take up residence there. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, the arguments hold and, uh, I, I see where John's coming from. Uh, but you know, he, uh, he knew he was going to meet resistance and uh, the un- resistance is understandable. Yep. Now, so who's right? Is John right? Or are the other 99.9% of the night's watch, right? Because originally I thought John was right. I was thinking it over right after it happened. It's like they're people, they're human beings, everybody, deserves you know to not be wiped out by some monster mm-hmm. uh, called the whites or the others or whatever you want to call them and so yeah they should make peace and whatnot and, and in theory you know in the long run everybody's going to be fighting against the others or assuming the others are actually evil and dangerous now, yeah. and then the other point is is you know if, if that was me and they wiped out my family i would say you know f them and the thing is, though, is that, you know, if 95% of the wildlings are bad and 5% are good, that doesn't mean that you can group them all together because there's still 5% that are good. So it's it's really tough. To really no, it, it is tough, and that's why they're arguing about it instead of just being, well, this is the right way and that's the wrong way, so let's do it the right way. And, and this is why cultures war for so long is because some people just can't fucking let it go, right? And this is why, you know, in this country – 
if you've had any relatives that lived through World War, you know, two, you know, you would sometimes hear people complain about the damn Japs, you know, especially in the eighties when you had the economic rivalry going on. I can't believe now we're buying all their crap and all that. You would hear a lot of resentment because you know what? Maybe they got some of their friends killed over at, at uh, Iwo Jima or something. Right, um, or wherever. Right, but if you're if you're not well, look, we made peace with Germany. We made peace with Japan. They killed some of our people. We killed well, they killed a lot of our people. We killed a lot of their people. Right. You have to, if especially if you're the person in charge, you can't take that personally. You have to put it aside to make peace and move forward. Um, but at the other hand, this is sort of like saying, look, we have to make peace with the Japanese. All they want is a little land. We've got some space over at Pearl Harbor for some reason. Right. You understand, you, you understand right. why people would object to that. Yes. Now, John is taking a radical reinterpretation of his oath to guard the realms of men, taking that literally to include all men, not to include, you know, guard all men who are lucky enough to be on the right side of the wall. Well, and by the they, way, that's not a radical interpretation. That's a, actually a correct interpretation. Well, for today, based on what, how they're currently reading it. Yeah, let me, let me. For the people who, are, who took that but, oath, it's a radical interpretation. But let me agree with Mike on, I, I agree 100% with what you said, Eric, but in this interpretation, what it is, is, is it means the people, probably the men of Westeros, is how a lot of people are reading into it. So it's a semantic thing rather than an actual anything else, I guess, because it doesn't well, mean it, we're not protecting the Essos people. We're not protecting the Wildlings. We're protecting people in Westeros. Right. Uh, well, yeah. and and that's just like you know uh, the phrase out of the Constitution: "All men were created equal." There was slavery going on when that was written. Uh, so yes, it is a different interpretation than uh, people assumed it meant when it was actually written. Yeah. Right. But but in the what is it? Five thousand years. 8,000. 8,000 years, the Night's Watch has had its head so far up its own ass fighting the wildlings, they forgot what the original purpose was. Right. And you're right. So you're right. John's basically trying to shake up the, the Etch-A-Sketch and go back to the blank slate and go back to where they were and put all that shit behind them. Now, the but, problem but is... is it, but is it really the Night's Watch's fault or is it really the wildlings' fault? Because the wildlings are the ones that say F you to all leaders. The wildlings are the ones that are doing the raiding. The wildlings are the ones that probably attacked the wall first. I mean, we don't know, right? I mean... We and, don't and know. You're, you're right. And at this point, Jon Snow knows nothing. <laughs> right. And because he knows nothing... Everybody he keeps can get telling him so. <laughs> right. As everyone wants to remind him, including this podcast, he knows nothing. And so this is what gets him past it. He says... Fuck it. It's 8,000 years. Who gave a shit whose farm raided whose farm first? This yep. isn't what matters. This is life or death now. Right? You know, we don't need to worry about and that's you know, why who I think threw this first sticker stone. The more right side of the argument. Right. But the problem is it is still an issue of reality. Oh, because, I know. Oh, yeah. because, okay, yes, let's, let's make this offer. But can, once you do that, you have to, you can't just win the war. You have to win the peace. And will the wildlings be able to live peaceably alongside the northerners? And that especially goes both they, ways. Especially if they don't follow any rule of that as part of the Westeros, you know, kingdom. Right. And see, this is something that Stannis wouldn't have been able to do. I'm not going to bow down. He said, fuck bounding down. I don't care if you bow down. Stannis would never get past that. Right. But you know what? Stannis did because he knows John's plan 
which is to take his boats, which Stannis is giving, to bring right. the rest of the, those people onto the Westeros land to live without bending the knee. And Stannis knows this, and he's agreeing. So, but I'm saying, it, it would, it, John would uh, Stannis. I don't think would ever have made that offer because he never would have taken that off the table. But right, but he's agreeing, and that know. becomes and and that does become an issue. After all this is over, is who exactly are these people loyal to? You have to worry, you know, will the North be able to be peace, live peacefully among the wildlings and the wildlings among the North? And even when we say that, let's remember that among the wildlings, uh, you've got the freaking Cannibals. road warrior cannibal people, right? I mean, yeah. and I, no, I don't think that that's going to be a, a peaceable solution. Um, sometimes yeah, they really gonna, are just... They're going to have to except some sort of leadership because they're going to have to pay taxes. They're going to have to do, you know, all these things. Otherwise they're just going to be this, this, uh, rabble living on in a, in a country with no, you know, it'll be like the no man lands in Afghanistan or Pakistan, you know, and you can't have that because then it's just going to be chaos. Right. Well, this is all going to have to be sorted out ahead of time. And it may be something like you are going to live on these lands and you're going to have to stick to these lands and you do not have to bow down or worship anybody, but you are going to be under the protection of the Night's Watch. Right. And if you go raiding anybody's territory, if you go outside these boundaries, if you start killing people, if, if you start John, eating your neighbors, going to happen to you. if you then then you're going to have to deal with it and you're going to have a chance of ruining it for everybody. So you have to get the peer pressure because remember of all well, these other tribes that have never gotten along together and, and have to and, go that that to say, you know what, if the, if the guys on the, if they, these guys eat their neighbors and you want to go after them, as long as I get to keep my farmland, go right ahead. Well, and let's keep in mind here that Jon Snow is not running for office. Okay. He is not uh, trying to win a popularity contest. Uh, he's faced a situation with, Oh shit. We are down to 50 guys here at the wall. Nobody down south even believes fucking white walkers exists. They're going to come soon cuz winter is coming. Uh there are thousands of them. What the fuck are we going to do? That's where he is at. He's in desperation just trying anything to try and bolster his forces to have a chance. Now, what what about um the 49 other Night's Watch that don't agree. Um, uh, they oddly, didn't get elected if, Lord Commander. If, if I was, if I was, uh, one of them. I thought you were all about people getting chosen, Phil. If I, I if, well, that, that's the thing. But, you know, some states, <laughs> like in California and in, I believe, uh, Wisconsin, they have recall votes. So we should, have, they could have a recall vote and get rid of Jon Snow for doing something that everybody disagrees with. Because if I was Ollie or if I was, um, you know, whoever the other guys are, I would, I would say no, because they just killed my parents and ate them. So uh, no effing way. So you can, let's be honest. Most of these guys are rapists, murderers, and thieves. Well, I understand that, but Ollie wasn't. And whether or not they're rapists, murderers, and thieves, they've been cleared by the law because they joined the Night's Watch. And therefore, they were attacked by the Night's Watch, had their fellow men's in arms get killed and tortured and, you know, head chopped off in battle and all these other things, uh, you know, uh, murdered while going out on, you know, uh, just patrols on and on and on. 
including Benjamin for that matter, right? Who knows? I mean, there, there. It's just, I, I, I would, looking at the perspective of Ollie or one of the others, I would say, f no. And again, I'm, I'm just, I'm, if I, I'm not, I, I would probably do what you said, Eric, which is do what John Snow did. But if I was look, what one of the other folks, I could see their point. No, I'm not saying I don't see their point. I'm saying that John Snow is desperate, uh, and that's where this is coming from. Okay, so. I would do a recall vote and get rid of John Snow. <laughs> oh my God! Why do you keep Phil, on trying to make this about politics, Phil? <laughs> Phil, this is Phil. Despite the fact that they vote for Lord Commander, this is a military organization and a military structure, and you cannot have dissension in the ranks. You cannot have a recall vote, and that's they why I chop somebody's head off as the said example. Exactly. Well, and, and then, then there's going to be a revote in the Night's Watch, and, and John Snow is going to get wiped out. You could and, be right. We'll find and out. And that's and that's possible. And then Stannis, as a, as duty case would dictate, would slaughter the Night's Watch. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I because I, we already had this. I mean, we already had. He, he can't even stand a little uh, improper grammar. He's not going to put up with that shit. Well, that's fair, but I I I have no idea what Stannis would do. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe right. Maybe Stannis doesn't even care. WWSD. And I do want to say I'm. I have a feeling. I don't know if that was done as a joke or a seed. The fewer, right? Well, we have let. You know what? Less I, enemies. I, I I went up and uh, I went to see if somebody had a clip of that online already. Turns out this is actually something that's been here before. Uh, it was here before when he was talking to Davos uh, in season three or four. I can't remember which, but he's he's uh, he has. Davos, how he feels about his his knuckle bones being taken, and he says, "Well, it's four, four less fingernails to clean." He goes, "Fewer." That's awesome. <laughs> so, so Stannis is just a grammar Nazi. Yeah, he throw. is, and and it's and it's, but this is it's again reminding us that he is very hidebound, and he is very inflexible. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you know if he's going to have a downfall. Uh, that's what's going to be it. He's, you know, he's going to, he's going to execute the wrong person for double parking. Right. It'll come back and bite him in the ass. I just have a feeling it's just going to be that, you know, it's like, we can have peace. There'll be far less wars, fewer wars. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to end this thing and you're correcting my grammar. Well, it's fewer, damn it. But yeah, it's so. Yeah, I'm just curious. Again, is that a seed or is that just a callback joke? Because I know because I remember that having just done the whole rewatch thing. But yeah, he's he's a stickler, so we'll see where it goes. I did love Stannis having the scene with Sam. Um, with Sam. Sam. Because, yeah, that was cool. Because this is something Keep I'm really reading, liking Sam. about the show. Reading. Is the show does great when it's finding characters to pair up that you wouldn't think to pair up, like right. Arya and the Hound, or Sansa and the Hound before that, or um. Uh, in this case, you know, or Tyrion and Jorah Mormont. Yeah, and all this stuff—it's like putting these these very very contrasting personalities. Because we start out with people like, you know, uh, Littlefinger and Varys, and well, they make sense to go together. Right. Well, now we're really shaking up these combinations. Is Sansa with Littlefinger for God's sake? You know, Bri- uh, Brienne with 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 Podrick. You know, it's, it's just finding all these, um, Jamie with, um, with Braun. Right. 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 And so these, the, the, 
we're not so this gives the characters room to grow and room to breathe and do new things it's not simply you know yet another it's not just not just another episode of the Tyrion and Varys show right yep. we now have new combinations new people to play off of there and they are just so now, two such radically different people speaking of this this specific one um i i enjoyed the fact that the the guy uh, Stannis did did not make judgment on Sam or Sam's father he respected both equally without demeaning either of them. In other words, he didn't say, oh, you got screwed, Sam, or saying, why are you here if you are such a high, if you're a highborn? You know, so he was, he did not pass judgment on either. He just said, but that's how Stannis always is, right? I mean, even when he was writing the letter about Jamie, uh, is, is a Kingslayer and all these other things, he goes, however, put Sir in front of his name because he is a, a knight and a man of honor. Yeah. <laughs> and all this other right. crap. So it, it, he's earned it. He's earned it. Got to give him credit. Exactly. So, so maybe it's not as you know, um, an interesting thing after all. When I think about it, you know, looking back at Stannis in the prior seasons, but it just reminded me uh, or made me think of uh, how right Stannis was to be that way, where he didn't pass judgment on the father by saying he was an asshole or he's better than you. Never mind saying to Sam, "You got screwed." Or that you're a loser. He just put it, saw what he saw, and he just said what he said. And uh, I think that was good because it and it showed, and he saw the wisdom of Sam and what Sam was doing about the obsidian and killing White Walkers and all that. And yet he also could look at Sam's father and say, you know, your father was a great leader, and he's was the only person that was able to ever beat Robert Baratheon in battle, and on and on and on. And uh, it was an interesting if. I guess it showed aspects of the two's personalities more than anything else. But I think one of the other things it shows is he's not a, and this has been a point of his character from the beginning, is he's not a good politician because there's nobody Sam hates more than his father. Yeah, right. And the absolute worst person for him to walk up to Sam and start praising out of the blue yeah, is but his father. But that was the right way to do it because he doesn't know if Sam and his father were, hated each other or not. He had no idea. He doesn't know. No, he, no, so, he does. Right. You're right. He doesn't know it, but that's the sort of, but you know, right. stick your foot in your mouth moment that you would have I, if you're not a politician. I, I have to disagree in this case because, again, what he did was say um, that, you know, your father was a great leader and a great warrior and whatever. However, you seem more to be a book smart. Because you know you don't look like a warrior, and it seems like what you're doing is is great. So continue doing what you're doing. And in other words, that Stannis's polite way, Stannis's awkward way of being polite. Okay. At least, at least that's how I looked at it. Um, and most of the critics that I read about the episode said the same thing, which is basically um, that he was basically telling Sam that maybe if you become a meister, you could go back to your father and your father could use you a different way than the warrior that he had originally hoped. But again, that may be just critics putting in more to something that's not there, but it's not legitimate to me. Maybe we'll see. That may, I may not think nothing may come of it. It's just, it was just neat to see the pairing. That's and it's also funny to watch, um, Oh, Gilly, scurry off once Stannis walked in. Right. Yes. Are these all the books there are? <laughs> Which is, anyway. Um, um, any, any further things on Stannis and John, or should we go to the Boltons? Uh, let's move on to the Boltons. 
All right, let's let's do it. Let's, uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on here. The Boltons were a uh, major major piece of this episode uh, of Game of Thrones. Uh, um, so where do we, we want to begin? We, we basically learn a lot of things. We learn that Ross Bolton isn't just a brilliant politician, but he's an, he truly is an evil person, uh, based off of the story he told his son Ramsay and how Ramsay was born. Well, uh, what's interesting is this is another... St- this is another one of these stories where you have the the father and son story, or the story of the sip that the child, like we had with the sand snake last week, and we had uh, with Tyrion this, the previous season, and uh, who was the one that we got the story about last last week? Uh, the other one, or two weeks ago, when they when they were child and the, the, the you're recall. my son. Oh, with Stannis and his daughter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. And here you have this weirdly heartfelt, heartwarming story in a very uh, Bolton sort of way. <laughs> I I raped your mother, and when she came, <laughs> and I killed your and I killed her husband, and when she came to me a year later, I was going to kill her too. But then I saw you were one of part of me. You know, it's like, oh, Dad, you really do like me. <laughs> you know, just. <laughs> Yeah, this well, is such a fuck. But but the problem was whose side was he on? He betrayed his own lord. This wasn't he wasn't fighting for the Lannisters, right? Well, you, you know what? You could argue that he he was uh, he was pissed that uh, his own lord killed the the Carthens, right? His his own lord Carthens, was, yeah. You know, so so who knows? You know, basically, Rob Stark screwed up everything because he bro- broke down his old. All he was his, thinking with his pecker. Yeah, he screwed up the phrase because he, he broke a truce there. He screwed up by not executing Jamie when he should have. because And so the Carstens were pissed because Jamie killed uh, the Carstens' children. And on and on. And, you know, so it is what it is. So Star, Rob Stark, you know, is no saint. But either way, let's get back it's, to it. But it's not the on the same scale. <laughs> um, you know what, though? I'm not disagreeing with you, but, but if I was a Carsten, I would have been pissed, too. Oh, I'm not saying they didn't have a right to be pissed. Yeah, you know, so you know, so it is what it is. But either way, the Carstens didn't murder him. It was it was Bolton, and who knows what he did except to just be an asshole and take over the, the North for himself. Because that's what Boltons do. So what happens is is that uh, basically Ramsey discovers that Ross's wife is with uh, the Frey girl uh, is pregnant, and now he has competition for. Um, legitimacy as who's going to inherit the Bolton crap. And so that's uh-huh. the, so that story was told to basically calm Ramsey down saying, saying, you know, you're a Bolton. That's why I, I, you know, when I saw you, I didn't kill your mother and blah, blah, blah. And now I need you to help me fight Stannis. Um, and, and Ramsey, you know, the idiot that he is, line hook and sicker goes, okay, dad, sounds good to me. <laughs> right. We we have some other things. We find out that Sansa now discovers that Ramsay is a psychopath and not just um, right the yeah. quiet boy that he saw. Why don't you explain that story? Eric? Well, the, the how it starts is that uh, <laughs> uh, Ramsay's girlfriend, uh, what's her name, uh, Miranda, something like yep. that. Miranda, Miranda. Uh, kind of gets friendly with Sansa just to. Uh, get closer uh, and says, I have something to show you and takes her to the kennels uh, and tells her to go look in the last cage. Now I have to admit there's a moment uh, 
I I I really hoped they were going to go off book here for a second uh, because if I uh, yeah, so I hope they're going to go off book. And for a second, I was hoping that in that cage she was going to find the direwolf from season one um, that Arya made run away. Oh, you actually thought it was direwolf, right? I knew immediately it was going to be. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense that it, that it was Theon, but but I wanted it to be the direwolf because that would have been awesome. Anyway, it's Theon. Sorry, now Reek uh, in the cage at the end of the uh, kennel. Uh, so Sansa's not very happy to see him because, as far as she knows, uh, he lit her two brothers on fire. Yep. Um, and then they have this really awkward dinner. Uh, <laughs> Where uh, Ramsey brings out Reek uh, and makes him apologize to Sansa for killing her brothers, uh, and then yeah, and then very, very inappropriate, especially since the Boltons killed her mother and her her brother, her other. Oh, brother. extremely inappropriate, and then yeah. uh, pretty much says, "Oh, I guess, but guess what? Since you killed the rest of your family, I'll let him give you away at the wedding." <laughs> yeah. Like, that was wait, just, what? How does that logic follow? Well, the the best part in the father is going, yeah, 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 fine. Let's move along. And it's just, <laughs> right. yeah, because even I, the father was saying there's something wrong here, and, and, his, and the father's a scumbag too. Well, well, I was expecting him to go, uh, son. Maybe that's not such a good idea. But no, he can't even be bothered. He's like, yeah, my son's a weirdo. Moving along. Um, I was actually expecting, I was expecting Reek in the kennel. I am still wondering what happened to the missing wolf. I haven't forgotten that. Right. But I wasn't, expe- Pam was expecting it to be one of the wolves in the kennel. Um, but because she just had that scene with, with, um, she just had that scene with, uh, Ramsey, right? Where he basically mounted her like his bitch. <laughs> right. Right. To put her in his, in her, in her place. That, that's, that was basically that wasn't sex for fun. That was sex for no. That was dominance. Your, yeah, that was that was that was straight out dominance. And so she screws him up by. And I'm curious to see where what how many pieces she's going to be in next week. Right. Um. But so I knew it was going to be Reek. I knew it was going to be Theon. I was waiting for Theon for apologizing. I was kind of waiting for him to let it drop that he didn't kill the boys. And I'm wondering when that's going to happen because he has a lot to be to answer for. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I still because I showed the clip at the beginning of the episode from when he turns around and sees the burnt bodies of the two children. Uh-huh. Yes, I still am not sure if he knew they were going to kill the kids or if he was just shocked at that, that, that he, when he realized what he had done. Right. That's you know if what. So it's again, even if he didn't deliberately order them to kill the children, he did an awful lot of dickish things. Yeah, he did an awful lot of horrible things, and he deserved to have his wee wee cut off. Well, Well, I I have to disagree on that. I don't. I don't think. (laughs) I don't think. You know what he did? He was trying to win the approval of his father, and 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 for that he gets his wee wee. Oh well, if it was for dad, then it's okay. Well, you could argue it was also not just for dad, but it was a political move for, uh, or a military move for his family or his fief. Well, and, and that's where he was trying to go with it, but, uh, it kind of backfired on him. Right. Uh, and now, 
he you can tell he wants to tell Sansa the truth, but he doesn't dare in front of uh, Ramsay. Um, right. Yeah, because that's uh, Ramsay doesn't want any uh, Stark alliances going on. Plus, he probably knows. Part of him knows that if he admits that the uh, the Stark kids are still alive somewhere, that the first thing the Boltons are going to do is send out some scouts trying to find them. Which they already did. Yes, because they sent um, they what's sent his Locke. name Locke up north. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but now they're just assuming. Well, their kids are probably dead, and who cares? They're running scared. Yeah, right. so um, even Ross Bolton knows that Theon didn't kill the kids because he wouldn't have sent Locke out, right? Right. So that that was curious, um, and and yeah, it has to come out. I mean, this is one of the big things that are going to come out where Theon's going to say, "No, Bran and Rickard are still alive." Right. And, right. And, and of course, Hodor too. Hodor. So. Sansa, Sansa is starting knows. to uh, be very uncomfortable with where Littlefinger has left her. Yes, yes, because <laughs> she has the 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 weirdo uh, dog keeper girl. Um, you know, she knows there's something fishy there, especially since the the Theon thing. It's like obviously there was a motive, and she knows that it wasn't just oh your buddy Theon's there. You know, it was right. more than that. And then of course the whole dinner scene was was worse than Alice in Wonderland. And <laughs> so that wasn't too good. And then, of course, um, uh, just for the fact that, uh, yeah, she's all alone with this guy where she's supposed to marry. And it's like, and he's <laughs> psycho. But, and, and I'm wondering he, because he is now, now Roose Bolton has his own unborn child. And I'm, 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 I'm kind of fearful for what's going to happen to Walda. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's that's a good and, and by the way, let's. Uh, I mean, Ramsey's no saint to begin with, yeah. but really, yeah, you find out she's pregnant and you come out with a fat joke. That's just rude. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was pretty 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 sad. And 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 I'm glad that Ross Bolton didn't uh, uh, bite bite it. You know, he just right. And, well, uh, it, in defense of the fat joke, Pam left. <laughs> just saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a cheap laugh, there's no doubt. Um, but the thing is, is that um, I can't believe that Walder, that's the girl's name, would be killed. And if she did, it would literally destroy the entire North Alliance with the Boltons because I, I doubt Lord Frey would be quite uh, happy to hear that his daughter was murdered. Right. So I, I can't believe that. But do you think Ramsey gives a shit about any of that? Well, that's the thing, exactly. And would Ross then execute Ramsay, or would would Frey and Ross just get into a massive war and and splinter the, the North even further? But again, we're all speculation because we don't know um, if he's going to kill uh, the Frey, or I should say Ross's wife, anyways, right? We don't yeah, know. but but I'd like to point out we already had a pregnant woman killed on the show. That's true, and, and that was and that was a Stark by marriage. And yep. if Sansa's got revenge on her mind, <laughs> oh, oh, that's different. I'm not, talking about it, it. Might not be Ramsay who kills well, that, the unborn child, and and I kind of I kind of like Walda because she's sort of this, uh, you know, she's always she's, she seems dim, you know, she's clueless, she's yeah, and she's clueless. She she does not deserve to be punished for oh, who she was sold to. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't I don't think but, Sansa would do anything to her. I don't I don't think that would happen. Well, because you love Sansa. Well, well, no, oh, but, no, but to be fair, Mike, did Sansa character. even was Sansa even aware of any of that going on up north while she was in King's Landing? 
Probably not, but okay. it's just I'm I'm just wondering about poetic justice and the the hand right. of the, the 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 writer as opposed to the motivation of the character. Oh, but yeah, I'm, but I'm just I'm just I'm just curious to see where this is going because again you have a wedding with a pregnant woman coming forward. No, I I see where your logic is going. I, I yeah, get it. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see Sansa doing that. I would see her taking out the Boltons, but I I doubt she would take out Wal Walder for, because she's smart enough to know what Walder is and who Walder happens to be and and has nothing to do with the leadership itself even if she is married and she's smart enough to know especially what's happened to her that marriages have nothing to do with you getting to choose who you marry sometimes right but you also look at who Sansa's allies are you know it may not be well then Sansa not who does it well, it could right. be that's it could be point. it could be Reek it could be uh it could be Brienne it could be Littlefinger there's any number of ways for this to, to play out, or any one of the like the how the, the, the that servants. I don't see Sansa doing it. You said Sansa would do it. Well, by Sansa, I mean on, on Sansa's side, coming from that direct when she makes her move, whatever her move is going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, as we saw, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the whole red wedding. You know, you kill all the all the people, not just Rob Stark and, and his mother. You kill everybody that's with them. So you know, it's like a drone strike. Boom! You take out everybody. It doesn't matter. So it's the same principle. You're right. Walder could be collateral damage. And this is a very uh, a society in which parentage matters. And would you want another a little legitimate Bolton heir running around after what we hope is going to happen to the Boltons happens to the Boltons? No, that's that's fair. Um, but you could, you could argue that. She's as much of a fray too. The, I mean, the, the child. But again, the frays are going to probably go down. <laughs> that, opens, that, right? that, that doesn't help the case. Yeah, that doesn't help the case. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. That's right. And it's not like you can send Walder and the baby to the, the Night's Watch and, and sign up for the Black. Right. So, well, maybe they can set a record for the youngest member. Yeah, hey, you never know if it's a, if it's a boy. Yeah, it's a good point. So uh, anyway, all right. So uh, let's see. Then there's Brienne, right? Brienne. Oh, by the way, was there. that tower the tower that that yes, it that Brand? It was okay. That, that Jamie tossed Brienne out. Yeah, yep, sure was. Yep. I, I got to say, if I'm in an emergency, I don't want to have to climb to the top window of the tallest tower to write the light the light. Can I just get a a well, bell by my nightstand? Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this: I was listening to some other uh, Game of Thrones podcast this afternoon while I was working, and, and one of them said that. Said, so why couldn't they just say, you know, the second story window of the house you live in instead of the, the most hardest place to climb <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it's really a good point I, I have to agree with it. and if you get to the top of the tower and Jamie Lannister's there run down down <laughs> fast yeah yeah unless you have a, uh, unless you have a camera so you can take a picture and then you can show everybody see I told you it's they're bastards <laughs> but, yeah um, so yeah, so Brian uh, basically tells uh, a cleaning man to tell Sansa that if the North remembers. Have, yeah, if you you have a, if you have any problems, light a candle in Bran, the Brand's paralyzation tower, and someone will come and help. Right, and so that's a, obviously a setup for the future because, as Mike, you would gladly say, Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. Because why else have that even in the episode if they're not going to use it later in the season? So that you know they're they're uh, they're following the the, the standard stuff, uh, certain things that are kind of obvious. So obviously Brienne is going to somehow get involved later with the Boltons, um, 
and we'll see. Also, it'll be curious to see if and when, if Episode 9 will be when Stannis hits the Boltons or not, too. Because Episode 9 is when they usually have their big battles. Well, and the Boltons are expecting him, so. Yes. yes. It's, it's not it's, like it, it'll be a surprise attack. Well, and that's the thing. Here, at, when, to go back to the wall for a second, Stannis says, all right, Davos, tell all the men we're taking off and we're heading to the Winterfell because we're going to take out the Boltons and begin our, you know, turning the north into Upper Athian territory. And Davos says, Elder, why don't we wait until John comes back with the wildlings and we can use all the wildlings? And Stannis has a point, which is every day we wait, the Boltons are reinforcing their, their own troops, and we have no idea even if John is even coming back. Because basically, John is 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 I guess a I wouldn't say a prisoner but um collateral for the the wildlings. You know how in, in gangland, you know, when you meet up with your fellow gang Don from the other gang, you leave people with each other's crew, so you know, if I get killed then we kill your people. Right. That's similar to that. So in other words, John is, is like being brought Almost as like a indentured servant. I don't know what, what the term is, but mm-hmm. and the point is, Stannis is saying there's a chance that he could just be murdered and, and never come back. So it's time to leave. What was your guys' opinion of that? Do you think Stannis was right, or do you think Davos was right, or were they both had good points? And what does this mean for the future? Does this mean that Stannis is going to fail because he's not waiting for the wildlings, or you know, in other words, are they putting it in our our mind. The, the- I I think Stannis made the only decision he could uh, because he already had the wildling leaders say he wasn't going to bend a knee. So how could he trust them in battle? Uh, so I get his line of thinking. Uh, so I don't think he made an outrageous decision. I agree. I was just curious if this was just another Chekhov's gun, which is by not waiting for more soldiers, i.e. the the wildlings. Uh, Stannis is doomed. Well, I think it's fair to say, John. Is, is throwing a massive Hail Mary right now. Yeah. Right? And we talk about is he making the right decision or the wrong decision? And right. it's all going to be dependent on whether or not that, that throw is caught. Right. And the odds are really good that it won't be. But oh, if it right. does, but if it, it deflated balls, but if it does, <laughs> if it does, it'll, it'll, it'll be a brilliant move. If it doesn't, it'll be ruinous, but not really that different from where they are right now. So, I understand Stannis, they've been telling us all along, Stannis is the most brilliant military mind in Westeros. Right. And I am not that impressed with Bruce Bolton, whose grand strategy is to commit one of the greatest transgressions that this culture can imagine. Right. And stab my, and stab my, my, my lord in his sleep and take over his territory. To end the war. That's 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 pussy playing, but um, I, I have a feeling. Yeah, and it's not like you know Stannis can't read a map. I'm sure he knows that the Boltons know that he's coming. Right. So I am. I suspect they know that he knows that they know. They that, know. Oh, never mind. But I don't think the Boltons are half as clever as they think they are. As they think they are. I'm suspecting. Now maybe there'll be a massive trap somewhere. I just don't – I would be really disappointed if Stannis is simply uh, going to blunder in there despite his superiority of numbers. Well, here's the get, other thing. 
and the, intelligence the, over them too. The witch, right? Uh, the witch the has witch. insisted. The witch, she's a witch. She's insisted on coming along, uh, so she better do something fucking useful. That's all I got to say. That's right, and, and, better and they're going to say some stupid fireball. We we want something cool, not Dungeons and Dragons, right? And and, and Stannis is going to be, and we have a witch, and Ruth Bolton is going to go, and and we well, we have Sansa. <laughs> we have Reek. Who's a little ripe, by the way. Which is going to kill a bunch of the enemies and say, now you have a bunch less enemies, and Sans will say, fewer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, okay. So I think we've beaten this. Have we beaten this one? The only yeah. other thing was that we did have the Brienne storyline. Well, you forgot uh, about Tyrion. Where, well, in this section. Oh, okay. And we talked We're, about that. We talked about the the candle and the the paralyzation. Well, they, no, but she tells that to to Sansa. The she idea that Bri- the, the handyman who then gives it to the the woman who well the woman who's already there. Right, so we're, we're, well, right, she needs to get the message through, but it's just again the idea that we have that Brienne, that's connected to Brienne, and Brienne is, is making these connections, so she is going to be playing in a part later if you hadn't already figured that out. Okay, so is Tyrion the last piece? Well, I just want to ask one more thing about the North. Uh, oh, okay. what do the, the Iron Men have to do with anything? Are they just going to sit as this independent fiefdom that says, F you, leave us all alone, or are they going to get involved and, and try to do something too. Not that Dave has been said anything at all on the, on Wait, the show. Who are you talking about now? The Ironborn. The Ironborn. Oh, uh, the, the, the Greyjoys. The Greyjoys. Pretty, pretty sure they're not getting involved. Okay, so the Greyjoys basically have declared independence as their own kingdom and don't plan to do anything else and just want to be left alone, at least at this point. Is, is my understanding, I guess. I don't know. I've been really perplexed on how they did this whole thing with with the Greyjoys because they they made a bold moves that just basically seemed to be there just to get Theon's penis cut off. Um, <laughs> and right. you know that we haven't heard much about them. Supposedly they're doing raids. We haven't seen his sister since the dogs chased her back to her boat. We haven't seen him since the, the the father since the second season or third season second season. Yeah, something. Like that. Oh no, at the third season when he got presented with Theon's favorite toy. Yes. Um. So it's just it's a weird amount of time because they devoted some time to them, but not enough to have made all that time that worthwhile to go back. <laughs> right. So I'm kind of hoping that that they do at some point factor into the show, but right. I don't think that they have enough forces to be. A credible threat in any way. Right. So I, I I don't know if this is going to be something where you know one of them is just going to happen to come across uh, the little the tiniest Stark wandering around the woods with Hodor or something or <laughs> the tiniest Stark. You mean you mean with what's Asha? his name with Asha? With Asha, right? Not with Rickon. Yeah, yeah, Rickon. <laughs> you or or you know if that'll pop up there or where this is going to come. If they're, you know, that somehow they're going to factor into things again. I would like to, because I like the whole Ironborn thing. I like the, the fact that they've, they've got this, this whole creed of, you don't buy anything, you take it. You know, and, and they're, they're just an entire aisle of big dicks. 
and, and, you and know, they it's have, really they have one of the coolest uh, phrases too. You know, you know, like 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 uh, winter is coming and and uh, the night is dark and full of terrors. But they have a good one too, which is what's born. What what is dead cannot be. Dead uh, what what is dead can never die. Which I, I keep meaning to look up to find out what the hell that means. But it's cool, no matter what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of that, that's sort of like in Pulp Fiction. You know, I never really listened to it. I just said it because it was sounded cool. Right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So that's curious. I was just curious if if you guys thought they would suddenly pop up in one of the future episodes of this season, or they just sit in the air saying we're independent and leave us alone, type of thing. I don't know. Uh, I think it's the latter, but we'll find out. Yep. Well, okay. Very good. All right. So the last part is the. Uh, Tyrion and Jorah Mormon, right? Yes. Um, all right. So, uh, what do you want? They're to in a boat. That's right. Heading to Daenerys, though. Trying to right, head and Daenerys. finally something significant happens. Yeah. So basically, um, Jorah Mormon wants to take a shortcut through Valyria, which is this city good that, idea, Jorah, which which was destroyed like two thousand years ago, or whatever from. What if they call the doom, but what it based off of what I've read, it appears it was just like a volcano eruption or something, and, and people were superstitious and said it was the gods that did it. So, in other words, it was a natural disaster that wiped out the city, um, and, but everybody thinks it's the gods because people are superstitious back in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, they want to take a shortcut through there. Originally, Tyrion thinks it's because uh, it was the original home of the Targaryens. And again, I read some up on the, the background of Westeros and Essos, and what it was is that Targaryens and Blackfires, which is another family, were were Valyrians. And then what happened was is they heard a rumor from some prophet that it's the end of the world, we got to get out of here. And no one believed the prophet except the Targaryens and the Blackfires. And so they left, and so the great, 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 whatever grandfather, grandmother of Daenerys fled to Westeros and became a family uh, in Westeros. And then what happened was, sure enough, the doom did come and wipe out Valerius, Valeria. And Tyrion is thinking that Jorah wants to go through Valeria, not just as a shortcut, but to get some sort of m- memorabilia to bring back with Tyrion from Valeria to say, here, I brought not only Tyrion, but this important piece of artifact that is the, something to do with your family from, you know, mm-hmm. a thousand years ago or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's that's the setup or the reason why they're going through Valeria, right? And now, what happens in Valeria? Uh, well, first, uh, there's, there's a dragon sighting. They see uh, Drogon fly overhead, which is kind of cool. Yep. yep. Um, and then they get attacked by gray men, which are uh, basically men uh, suffering from grayscale. And that, Mike... Is another Chekhov's gun, right? Because they had a the couple episodes ago when Stannis was talking about it to his his daughter. Oh, and he mentions the Stone Men, and sure enough, it comes yeah, to I meant to bring that up last in last week's episode. I completely forgot because it was like two episodes in a row. Because you had Tyrion mention something about well, they're never going to cure Grayscale. You had them talking about it uh, with um, Shireen. With Shireen in the previous episode and talking about, you know, when he hugged her and, and, you know, we brought all the best, um, Meisters. Meisters to save you. 
and and there was some other thing where they talked about the stone men being like animals. So it's like okay, they they can't bring it up like three times in two episodes. Just because they had to, just because they had to fill up pages, right? They, the Chekhov's gun. You gotta bring it up. Yeah. You have to use it. Yep. And sure enough, they appear, the stone men, and uh, basically they look like zombies. Or, I mean, they they appear to be zombies. They're basically, they're, uh, Essos's version of zombies, because you don't want them to bite you or touch you, because then you turn into a zombie. Right, like like the 28 days later rage virus type. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, the, the best long. thing about them is the the best thing about them is the music that they wrote for their attack is that <laughs> some great great music which they use over the, the closing credits. Uh-huh. Now, what happens is while they're fighting the stone men, Jorah says, "Don't let them touch you because if you do, you're done." And so Tyrion's like freaking out because he's tied up, and so right. he's rolling around like you know a crazy man and to escape one of the stonemen he fall he basically suicides himself into the water hoping he can somehow you know get away and then suddenly a stoneman grabs his foot and begins to pull him down and it looks like he's dead but then he wakes up on a beach with Jorah looking over him um and in other words and that was that was actually a really effective scene by the way uh because you see Tyrion getting dragged down into the water by the gray man uh, then everything goes black and just stays black for a few seconds. They're just sitting there staring at the television going, um, what's the cable going on? Just go out? The yeah, what's, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what's, what, what's happening? What's, what, what's, what's going on? And then finally you get this point of view shot of his eyes opening on the beach. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was like a Sopranos moment where, you know, where that kind of cut to black and they just kept waiting. And waiting, and wait the final episode. Oh, and right. here it, it, it cut to black, and I think, okay, where's the credits? Yeah, that's. Uh, I was waiting for credits, credits? to pop where's on the, the screen. <laughs> where's the credits? This, this feels like they held it. They held it long enough to go, what the hell? And then right, and then you open up on on Sir Jorah, and you have no idea how they ended up where they got, and it doesn't really matter. Right, right, and and you see Valeria in the distance, uh, meaning they somehow um, swam or, or whatever, uh, or I should say Jorah swam and, and brought them back to this beach in mainland again. But the thing that's curious is is that he then says to Tyrion, he goes, You weren't did you get touched by them? And Tyrion goes, No, no, I didn't get touched by them. And yet he got Even though he did. Right. Foot. Yeah. So the question is, does it spread if it touches your skin only or if it touches even your clothing? And right. Because they had know. a shoe. There yeah. was something in between. Yeah. So was he infected? Who knows? We'll find out. Right, but, and, and and did the one that got because clearly we said Jorah has grayscale now, um, and the yep. question is, it's it's on his arm and it was under. He had to pull back his shirt to see it. Yep. So the question is, was his shirt up when the gray man touched his skin, or did it go through his shirt? Because if it did, then Tyrion screwed too. Right. Well, they grabbed Tyrion's boot. That's a little right. thicker. Well, yeah, but still, it's you know fair. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's like we don't know how Jorah got it. We know that he got it in the battle, but we don't know because it cut to black because it was all through Tyrion's perspective rather than Jorah's. So we don't know if he was grabbed on, on the wrist, you know, flesh to stone man, or if it was through shirt or whatnot. So we don't know. But what happens is, is that we find out that Jorah has been or has become uh, infected with this disease. Um, 
however, he's not letting Tyrion know yet. So the question is, are they setting up Fajora to die later and become a stone man or, or die somehow? Or are they setting up where he's going to get to a Meister and somehow be saved? And my, my guess is that he's doomed, which is unfortunate because I like him as a character. So I wasn't too happy to find out that he had it. But you never know. We, we've seen so many things on this show that maybe a Meister will save him. We don't know. What's your guys' opinions? Oh, I I don't know what's uh, ultimately going to happen. I uh, I do follow. Uh, we've talked about Cast of Kings yes. uh, before with Joanna Robinson, who writes for Vanity Fair. Uh, I follow her on Twitter, and uh, right after that happened in last night's episode, she tweeted, "I knew it was coming, but I'm bummed anyway." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'll have to listen to. The- a storm of spoilers in a day or two when that comes out to see what yeah. they have to say. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, who who also, Joanna Robertson is a co-host of that, of Vanity Fair. And, yeah, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be curious um, what they have in mind for Jorah. We do know, and this isn't a spoiler because it was on this trailer for season five, that we see Jorah in the fighting pits in that trailer. So it'll be curious to see what that means and will he die in the fighting pits or will he be, you know, and, and he's already gray scaled. So, or, or whatever it's called. So who knows? I don't know. What do you think? Mike? What do you think about it? Do you think Tyrion is safe too? And what do you think what's going to happen? With your- I think, I think narratively there's, you could go either way because you could argue that this will be his final sacrifice is bringing now that Danny has, effectively destroyed all of her followers that Mormont's uh, redemptive act is bringing Tyrion to her even though he was going there already and 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 die either of the disease or in the fighting pits or whatever you probably um, right. or or that I can also see you know again bringing him there as his redemptive act that this will do to him much what it did to Shireen and maybe leave him scarred and disfigured and maybe even hobbled so he can't fight anymore. But maybe Danny takes, uh, mercy on him and does what she can to save him, uh, and keeps him around. Yeah, because he's, it, it, he, honestly, maybe he's, the it, cure for grayscale is dragon fire. Yeah. That's, that's, hey, that's a really good point, America. Who knows? Um, and, and to be honest, Jorah, in my opinion, is probably, as good of a um, advisor as anybody else has been on this entire show. In other words, when but Jorah, he's not actively betraying her. That's right. That's a good point. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. There was that whole, you know, getting her almost poisoned thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I like that point, Eric, which, which is maybe Dragonfire uh, will save her, but We'll save him, but I don't know. That may be, we may be just hoping for something that won't happen. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I just threw that out there. That was just a thought that ran into my brain. And it's actually a good one. It it's, sounds legit to me. Um, so, no, yeah, see, this is one of these things, like, I, I think we all feel comfortable in saying, like, we know Ramsey Snow is going to die at some point. I hope not. He's the best. He's so funny. Well, 
he, he's, but he's the, now he may not die till the last season, but at some point he's going to die. Just like we knew something bad would eventually happen to Joffrey. Actually, right? I hope he doesn't die and he just is forced to take the black. What? That would be awesome. If, if no. Ramsay Bolton had to, is forced to be a, a Lord, oh, Ramsay shit. Bolton, Lord Commander of the. <laughs> He is so funny, and he gets and he has to share quarters with Redbeard. But you're right. If, if oh, we geez. go by the standard, standard uh, A to Z way things go with most, you know, epic stories like this, the bad guys, specifically someone like Ramsey, would eventually die, even if it is the last episode. Right. I think we're probably pretty confident at this point with so many of the original players out of the running yep. that. I, that probably John, Teddy, and Tyrion, at the very least, are probably safe until the end. Right, which is unfortunate, um, and because not because I dislike any of those characters, I'm sorry, but because it's too obvious. Right, but there, there's really we're running out of people to kill, so they really somebody's <laughs> got to make it to the end. Right, um, but in this case, Jor is one of these guys that he's done things for which he's got to be punished. Doesn't necessarily have to be punished by death. You could argue he has been punished by his exile, uh, and and the whole selling people into slavery thing. Uh, but he does feel real bad about it. <laughs> um, and he was pardoned, by the way. Right, and he's a he's a great character and a good actor. So we all want him to stay around. But he is not Tyrion. He is not Danny. He is not Jon Snow. There is nothing saying he has to stay around because he's just not that important either. Well, you know what, so, though? Tywin was so he, hugely important, and they killed him anyway. So. Yeah, he was, he was well, right. That's what I'm saying. So it could stuff. it could go either way. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, see. I, and I like not knowing. That's why we keep watching the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, what other items did we want to discuss? Uh, our predictions or anything like that? Um, uh, I don't know. Um well, obviously, next week they're going to have um, King's Landing again. They'll probably have Arya again. I think they. I think both were in the trailer of, for Episode Six, so they're going to come back and they're probably going to focus there. The question is, how much are they going to focus on the other plots? Because they could literally leave Stannis and Jon Snow out for a couple of episodes because you know they're on their way to some important place, and we won't know until right. we get there. So. We could focus completely on other characters and, and not even have those characters in the next episode. Which is I want to see the storyline in King's Landing progressed as quickly as possible. I would like to see that as well. Well, and I'm all, it, it looks like we're catching up to the book with uh, Danny's storyline too. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll be at the end of that written storyline pretty soon. No, that's interesting. Well, I heard um, from a number of reviews that I looked online uh, to Forbes.com, to Entertainment Weekly and Variety and uh, AV Club and so forth, that like this past episode, episode five, was 95% off the books, meaning the, the you know it was completely different than the books. So, Well, yeah, and everything that's up, going on in Wilter, when Winterfell is significantly different right now. Yeah, so if we're, if we're catching up to these other things, we're definitely going to be going into uncharted territory. So those folks who are pissed, as Mike was talking about earlier in this episode, about you're destroying my books with fan fiction, they're just going to get more upset now because we're going to be passing the end of various storylines, right? And, and we can laugh at them. Yes, yes, we can. Well, you know, I, I'm feeling, I'm wondering if I might have been a little hard on those people before. <laughs> you uh, said hard on. <laughs> 
You know what? Everybody would like, I think everyone watches the show wants to enjoy it. And if it's ruining the enjoyment for some people, you know, I kind of feel bad for them, but you know, some people just have unrealistic expectations. It's, there's always, and there is always a chance that this thing ends, you know, by pulling a lost or a Dexter or Battlestar Galactic or something and just completely shits the ending. And that will be unfortunate, but, uh, it's going to go off and be a lumberjack. True boy. Yeah. Well, or True Blood. Well, True Blood was just so long and drawn out a collapse of quality. That would, that you could see coming a mile away, which is why nobody really cared much once it ended. Right. <laughs> Where Dexter like had moments of hope and then they just snatched it all away. But although you liked the eighth season, so. I still haven't watched the entire eighth season yet. Although to be uh, fair, what I saw looked kind of good. I, I enjoyed the first few episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know the ending disappointed folks, but all in all, it was still a good season, even if the problem, I think, was with the season is that it was the ending, and that's how they ended the show. But uh, generally, I thought the season was was quite entertaining as well. Well, uh, that's, uh, I don't even want to go there because it would just turn into – we were already you know an hour and a half into this. and oh, uh, Anyway, but the point is, even for those shows, it does nothing takes away the fact that, like with Lost, whatever you thought of the final episode, there were some really awesome moments of television along the way. It's some great entertainment, and it entertained you for years. In Game of Thrones, I'm enjoying, and I'm going to continue enjoying – and if for some reason they crap the bed at the end, it'll be disappointing, but it's not going to take these moments away. Right. Mike, what's your opinion on uh, this season so far compared to the other seasons? You think it's as strong as all the rest? I mean, I guess it is, right? Yeah, I think it's 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 unfortunate in that it's a, it's a part of the story where so much has changed, they well, have to reset the yeah. table. Yeah, exactly. You know, that 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 you you have Tyrion, you know, uh, Tyrion was sitting in King's Landing for 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 three seasons. That's right. And you had all that stuff going there, and that slate's been wiped clean. You know, Joffrey's gone, Tywin's gone. You know, they're they 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 really are just starting to get everything set up. But now we are at the point where Tyrion seems like he's about to get to King's not to King's Landing. Uh, to Marine. Marine. Yeah. That you have Jora about to get back to Danny. Plus, he's got the grayscale. Plus, you got uh, Stannis marching down, maybe in time to get there for the ninth episode on uh, on Winterfell. Yep. You know, you're, you've got the so all the pieces are being set up, and it's all going to depend on how well they knock the dominoes over. Right, and don't forget the Wildlings are now going to be a huge uh, a new or a new basic force in in this new realm, right? I mean, they're well, now as important mm-hmm. as the rest of them. Well, maybe, or maybe that Jon Snow makes it to the Wildlings and they throw his ass on top of a spear. <laughs> but, it, but whether they do that or not, they're still going to be an important force, no matter what. Whether Jon Snow gets them on the other side of the wall or not, they're still going to be an important force, it seems. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, like I said, it's, I, I'm liking it so far, and it, it's just it's just a quieter season. Last season, there were so many kick-ass moments uh, having to do with, like, the trial was fantastic, and the death of Joffrey. There's so many big moments last season. Well, and, and just the running uh, companionship of Arya and the Hound was cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the chicken scene. The chicken scene. The chicken scene. That was the best scene Ever. I love that scene. And it was in the first episode, as a matter of fact. Yep. We'll see what happens next week. Uh, next week it's called Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken. So, oddly, even though they didn't show any of it in the preview, Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken sounds a little bit like 
the wildlings could be involved because they're they uh, do not uh, kneel. That's right. So that could be an allusion to that. Uh, it could be an allusion to who knows what. Uh, it's very vague either way. I mean, we were way off of kill the boy. So yeah. So have, perhaps that's best not to speculate. Although speculating is fun. It is. It is. I mean, the other some of the other titles were obvious. Sons of the Harpy, High Sparrow, The House of Black and White. You know, those were pretty obvious. But um, even though they were only small parts of those episodes, which is kind of funny. All right. So I guess uh, we, we can uh, wait until next week and uh, enjoy second half of the, the season because uh, season, episode six is the beginning of the last five episodes. And uh, with that stated, I guess, Eric, you can lead us out. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight to listen to us talk about episode five of season five of Game of Thrones. Uh, we'll be back next week. And remember... Stannis will never win the hearts of men because he's an annoying grammar Nazi.